Sundays. No, my computer is like having a hard time. I don't know. I think it's... I think it woke up on the wrong side of the bed. It's just not working. Or it's taking its sweet ass time. And it's a Mac too, so they're supposed to, I guess, be, be known to like crash less, be better, a better stability or something like that. I don't know. It's supposed to not be a p- cheap piece of shit. <laughs> right. It's definitely not cheap. But it's so it's not working for you? Well, I just restarted it. Hopefully it works. My phone has been bugging out a lot lately, like to the point where... It's an iPhone. Uh-huh. It's an iPhone 8. <laughs> and this is 2023. Yes. I'm Today's, sorry. What? 2022. Well, I just skipped a year. I just pushed us an entire year ahead. Uh, it's 2022. And yes, I still have an iPhone 8. But it's it's getting so frustrating now that when I'm driving in the car, and I don't know if it's my, my phone or the service or the apps or what, but I can't listen to Spotify without it stopping and just mid-song. It just pause, stop. It doesn't even pause. It just it's like silence, and then you're like, "Come on, what's happening here?" And it doesn't kick back in. And if it does, you get a few seconds, and then you try to skip to another song, and maybe it starts, maybe it doesn't. You try to search for a song. And it's been driving me crazy. I don't know. I've been having difficulty with technology lately, but I just thought it's because I'm getting old. Well, yeah, but the technology that you're using isn't getting newer. It's, it's the same, same technology. technology. <laughs> <laughs> How do you explain that? I don't know. But, you know, I, I realize I wouldn't be happy in a different time. Like... In the 1940s, for example, or specifically 1946. Oh, we're doing this thing again with the year? <laughs> 1946. That so is when The Spiral Staircase came out. And that's the movie we are talking about today. And what do you remember about 1946? Listen, bitch. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, it was released in 1940s. The Spiral Staircase, released in 1946. And it was set in 1906. That's why there's horse and carriage as opposed to, I don't know, the Model T. Right, yeah. Well, you know, most of the time, I guess, I don't know, nowadays everything's modern and you want to stay hip and everything. But I th- I feel like that way the, the way cultures were back then, you were always telling stories of something that happened before. It was always some sort of f- folklore uh ancient fairy tales kind of thing you know you, you get passed down generation to generation and that's how things uh were told so at that time i mean for them to tell a story about a movie of the 1900s um you know it kind of sort of makes sense you know well yeah it's so it's like it's like what's 40 years ago so it's like somebody making a movie about the 80s now yeah exactly yeah, that's, that's all that what is. i mean but what was what's interesting is that it is uh, based on the 1933 novel called "Some Must Watch." Oh, you do your research. You do. You you always do your research. <laughs> uh, it's called "Some Much." Uh, Some must watch, and that is. Um, Some must watch. Some must watch. 
Because in the movie, somebody's watching, right? Okay, so I'll, well, I'll get to that in a second. But I just really want to say this. I just watched 8mm. And some must watch. <laughs> Maybe we should do that movie. It's not technically a horror movie, right? Uh, I don't know. I've never seen it. So I don't know. You haven't seen it? No, I've never seen 8mm. I didn't even know what you're talking about. It's a Nicolas Cage movie. Yeah, I realize that It also now. has Joaquin Phoenix. Mm-hmm. And it has... The jacket. The jacket. <laughs> it has Tony Soprano in it. What's his name? James Gandolfini. Okay. The jacket <laughs> is... The jacket. That's Richie. I know, but... I like saying the jacket. <laughs> <laughs> um, anyway, it, it's about a snuff film and stuff. So... So anyway. you want to talk about that movie instead? No, no, no. I was just... it Like correlated with some must watch you haven't seen it so now it's i don't i am explaining a joke and that makes it so much more funny (laughs) well anyway so the movie stars um some big names of the time uh one of whoops (laughs) one of whom is ethel barrymore and she is from the barrymore family of actors and she played Mrs. Warren, the bedridden woman. Okay, so would that be like a it, relation to Drew Barrymore? Yes. Like what, grandmother, aunt, something like that? Or you don't know? Oh, this is 1946, so maybe, I don't know. I don't know. I didn't, I didn't look into how Drew Barrymore fits into this. <laughs> I would say at 1946, it's got to be her grandmother, maybe. If maybe. it's not her, like, so let's see. Yeah. or something like that do we want to research that and figure no, out no right really. okay um and then the main character helen is played by dorothy mcguire and dorothy mcguire killed it she she played a mute maid but every feeling and every thought was read off of her face like she did such a good job so the synopsis is There is this serial killer who is killing women with, quote, afflictions, uh, women who have some kind of physical uh, disability. Um, And so he's killed somebody who is um, (laughs) what they called it, simple minded. They killed somebody who they they, they, yeah, they killed somebody who had a limp, you know, stuff like that. (laughs) And um, the family this woman works for who loves her and they treat her well, that family, they are trying to keep her safe because she's mute. Now, did they, so you're right. The actress killed it. She was but awesome. I, at first again, maybe I'm just stupid, but I did not like, I didn't read the synopsis. I had nothing, no idea that she was Neither mute. Did I. I thought like, okay, why isn't this girl like talking at all? And then I guess I put two and two together, but probably not as quick as you did. Well, the first scene of the movie, there's a murder. And she, Helen, happens to be in the movie theater downstairs where she's watching a silent film. Mm-hmm. Um, but then there's like hotel. It's like a hotel also or something. And so somebody in the hotel or the boarding house or whatever is murdered. Um, now, the, the let's see. As she's walking home, the town doctor... This is filmed in Los Angeles, by the way. The, the town doctor, or said in Los Angeles, 
um, they he finds her and try and tries to take drive her home to the home where she works. Now he mentions finding a cure for her inability to talk, and that's when it's mentioned she's mute. Right, you know, but that's what I mean. Before that, while she's in the movie theater and then leaving the movie theater, like I just you know you don't have any clue that she's mute. No, you don't. It it really was spelled out, but. Because there was no reason for her to talk at that point. And then you see that you feel like, I, I mean, the doctor is kind of obviously hitting on her a little bit or they're, whatever too, right? They're, they care for one another. Um, they care for one another. And then through the movie, you feel that that passion towards one another. Although he does get very frustrated that she is so hesitant to go to this breakthrough kind of place where they'll cure her inability to talk. Now we find out later that her, her, um, her being mute was trauma induced, and she witnessed her family die in a fire, and since then she's never spoken a word. Right. So as and that happened as a child. No, is that that's must I guess be a real thing? But I mean, I don't have much experience with that. I don't know anybody who's ever gone through some sort of trauma and then stopped talking. But I didn't that- research that, but I don't think it's unheard of. There are a lot of things that happen with trauma and sometimes they manifest like the 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 um, the sometimes what manifests is so like crazy that you wouldn't think that that's what it is but let's say what if you happen to like grab them and poke them with a, a knife or something you don't think they would like be like ah and say stop or something like that i don't know i mean i i feel like that it's not a matter of the vocal cords not working. It's a matter of the brain not working. That's so, precisely what he's telling her and what they want to go to the hospital that in Boston to go figure out. Oh, no, sorry. This is not in Los... It was filmed in Los Angeles. It's based in Vermont. The movie is based in Vermont. So sorry. Um, so, yeah, they're trying to go to Boston because that's where that clinic is that would help her. Um, but... The, the the point I was making was there's 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 a lot. Okay, there's she's mute, this doctor cares about her and wants to help her. He even at one point tries to like really pressure her into saying something and she won't. Right, but that's what I'm saying. At that moment, if he would have like fucking stuck her with a pen or like taking something really hot and like burned her. I think she would have b- broken her silence. Then. I don't know because at some point, if I ever meet somebody that's like that, that's what I'm gonna do. Okay, have fun with that. <laughs> Disclaimer. <laughs> um, but also, so there's a serial killer. Yep. Yeah. We see his like evil eye, don't we? This yeah. One eyebrow. So the evil eye, actually, you know how we're like, oh, you can tell who it is by the evil eye. Yeah, it's nobody who is on screen, right? No, the evil eye is actually the director. The director. Robert Siodmak. S i o d m a k. He's the Siodmak. Siodmak. <laughs> give it up! Give it up! Give it to me! <laughs> give I give it up! Give it up! Give it to me! <laughs> Um, well, that's interesting because honestly, I did feel like that the eyebrow, the the closer we were getting to the end and we were starting to figure out, I thought it did look like the person, you know, the brother or whatever. I thought it did look like his eyebrow. 
Yeah, and it, it kind of tripped me up because I was like, oh, it's totally that guy is a murderer. But then I thought, that's too easy. And I didn't take into account that this was like one of the first slashers and Hitchcock hadn't made his twist endings yet. So it would have just been straight out. Yeah, I wouldn't really say it's a slasher, though. I mean, as a mostly female cast, implied slasher, maybe. Yes, implied. We don't because see there's, uh, there's no, no gore. Oh, um. But we don't think that he's killing people with like knives and cutting them up, right? He's strangling They're, them. Yeah. Really. So the strangulation yeah. is is a little bit more of, a, um, I don't know. The slashers tend to use sharp objects. <laughs> they slash. Well, it's kind of yeah. like a giallo slasher. And like, it's like a, a cinema noir. Well, yeah, it's definitely a whodunit. And they did give, well, I went through and basically every person that popped on screen, I was like, oh, it, I think it's this guy. Oh, no, I think it's this guy. And then you're right. It the must w- be the dog. The way it was written. Oh, we, we got to talk about the dog. But. Okay, well, let me introduce the family. So, so the main characters are um, Helen. Who is the, who is the maid who is mute, Mrs. Warren? She is um she is the matriarch of the family, but she's bedridden for some reason, and um and she's played by Ethel Barrymore, and it's 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 similar to like having, like, what's a what's a, what is a an actress that's just an, an old an older actress who's just so prominent? I mean, I would say Helen Mirren. But like not Helen Mirren, like um, what's her name? Uh, who played Cleopatra? White girl. You mean Kate Blanchett? Oh no, you no. mean you mean uh uh you said Cleopatra. I'm not thinking. Uh, what's her name? Eyes McIsing. Uh, what's her name? I don't know the dark haired actress. Elizabeth. Said. Elizabeth something or other. Wait, what? This is stupid. <laughs> uh, it's an Elizabeth. Elizabeth something. Warren. <laughs> no. Elizabeth. What uh, the fuck? Are we stupid? Yes, we uh, are Elizabeth stupid. Taylor. Taylor. Yeah, Taylor. <laughs> it's like Elizabeth Taylor playing an old lady in bed the whole time. Aww. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, but anyway, it uh, she she did a great job too. Um, and then there uh, there is there are two sons, Professor Warren, who is what is his name? Uh, his name is Prof- yeah, his name's Professor Warren, and then his brother Steve or his stepbrother Steve. Now, Steve is the son of Mrs. Warren, and then the professor is her stepson. And then there is Blanche, who is, um, it seems like the secretary for the professor, but also the side piece for Steve. Um, and then let's not forget... My, one of my favorite characters. Mrs. Oates. Yes. Mrs. Oates is, uh, is like the chef slash also like the senior maid who is a lush. She's she just great. wants brandy. Now, she is played. Did you understand? Do you know who she was played by? No. Oh, you haven't seen this movie. Bride of Frankenstein's Elsa Lancaster. So she played the Bride of Frankenstein? Mm-hmm. No way. Way, brother. No, she's not that face. Yes, she is. You think I'm going to lie to you? No way. Mrs. Oates was not the bride Mrs. of Frankenstein. Mrs. Oates was the bride of Frankenstein. Did you recognize? No. Really? I mean, I, I, okay. 
I'm not saying, I'm saying no, because I can't believe that that's her. Really? Well, there's something about like the nose and mouth that I was like, she looks very familiar, but it wasn't until after the, after the credits again. And then I'm like, and then I look up on the wall and I'm like, oh, that's how she is. Um, and then there's also the poor nurse. Her name was Nurse Barker. She she got so much verbal abuse by Mrs. Warren. She and, reminded me of the a character in the the the, uh, the chef or something or whatever the lady from uh, Mary Poppins. The, oh, she, yeah, yeah. The one, yeah, yeah, yeah. She did, she did. And then, um, then there was Mr. Oates, who is, I guess, her husband, but he's like, he's like the gopher. He like was sent in the middle of the movie to go get ether from a neighboring town. And then we never saw him again. That sounds like a, a, a drug deal that uh, <laughs> <laughs> typical drug deal. Right. And then there is, um, let's see, is it Dr. What's his name of this doctor? I don't remember Dr. anybody's Perry. Names. Dr. Perry was the doctor that was in love with Helen. Okay. All right, anyway, but let's not forget the most important character of all. Carlton. 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 Carlton, the English, English bulldog. bulldog. He was so cute. Like, he didn't really have a requirement to be in the movie. Like, he didn't have a specific role. He added no value other than cuddliness and adorability to the movie. He, he like, he, like, made my heart warm. I think that... Somebody involved in the movie, on set, whatever, um, like, direct their dog to the well, thing and was like, he won't get out of the shot, sir. No, well, I, he's I, in the I movie think now. they were an English bulldog <laughs> lover and they were like, um, this dog is going to be in the movie and we're going to incorporate it in there because he's the shit. And uh, so it could have been the director or some producer or somebody or maybe one of the higher end actors and they just said, you know what? My dog's going to be in, in the movie. And I'm glad that they put him in there. And not just for even one tiny little scene. He he was a little bit. He was incorporated in the family uh, aspect of all of these people. Mm-hmm. You know, like Mrs. Oates, for example. She was always like, oh, you're in the way. <laughs> you know, but she still obviously cared for the dog mm-hmm. in a certain way. You know, Helen totally loved her uh him and was petting him and and uh mm-hmm. caring for him and whatever and mr oats mr oats yeah he yeah he, carlson he, followed him around yep yep and even uh the whatever the the stepbrother whatever his name is again the main steven? character steve is that his name steven yeah. yeah you know when the the constable had to leave or whatever he's like oh i'm afraid right that he was you know, it was a scene where they, you know, he was like... Like they made do- the dog part of the movie. Yeah, he's like, oh, you're yeah. afraid he's going to come after you? Yeah, but oh, that wasn't the step... A- well, I guess that was the stepbrother, but that was uh, not Stephen. That was Professor Warren. Oh, the, oh Professor Warren, the professor, yeah. yeah. Who the fuck is Stephen then? Uh, the other brother. Oh, The right. one who's yeah, sleeping yeah, with yeah, Blanche. Yeah. Right, yeah. 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 I don't pay attention to names when I watch. Anyway, this movie, I loved this movie it was shot so beautifully like there is a scene where i mean spoiler alert like everything else in this movie like any this podcast i mean when blanche gets killed holy shit that is a great scene she's down in the basement and she is about to get killed and she is hidden in this shadow 
and all you see are her arms as they're outstretched. That mm-hmm. was a good kill scene. Yeah, it was like a vertical shadow in the middle of the screen. They they definitely framed it perfectly. So you would and and you know because it's an older movie, obviously uh, violence standards. The yeah, door, they yeah. were more obviously into you know keeping it somewhat family friendly back then. And and um, you're right, they did do the, the. There was some stuff, you know, even the close up of the eyeball shot was mm-hmm. very. Very peeping Tom esque. Peeping Tom, but it was also done well. Like it wasn't. It didn't look too amateur. It didn't look blurry. It didn't look out of whatever. You know, it was yeah, like it was, a really it good was crisp. shot. Yeah, it was crisp. Yeah, they, I appreciated a lot of those. A lot of the um, the shots in the movie. Um, I also liked that they kept the. You know, Helen couldn't talk, so there was a lot of things that helped convey what was happening. So when she got to the Warren home. Um, automatically there was a swell of like soft gentle comforting music in the background because we couldn't read everything off of Helen's face like when she was doing whatever but it did have like a at ease kind of um kind of transition considering that she ran inside it like from being caught in the rain not knowing that there was a man behind her trying to to kill her yeah now let's look at that scene in general right there right that was professor warren outside the yeah. house in the rain and he was he so the thing was was he waiting for her because she went to the movies and must have been off duty right and uh-huh. was by herself he didn't know when she was going to come back and actually i feel like he almost was like maybe he had a different uh, objective at the moment and then all of a sudden she came home and he's like oh shit she's here or do you think he was waiting for her i don't know like, i feel like it i feel like that is a plot hole so the murderer ends up being professor warren he oh, sorry he i don't mean to is, cut you off hold on i just remembered something that i forgot about he was at the movie with the movie theater so he had correct. just killed somebody so he was coming home yes Gotcha. So I wonder he may. Who knows if he knew whether or not. But she there's. Went. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Sorry. Go ahead. But there's still a plot hole. Okay. Right. Because he killed the woman at the movies. Yeah. Okay. And Helen walked home. He would not have walked home, so he would have been home already. Right. Yeah. I mean, he was there. He didn't go home inside. He was hanging outside in the. In the Probably waiting for Helen because she was at the same place. That or and he would have seen that she was there. Or maybe having to cover some sort of tracks or whatever. Maybe he. Maybe he. Put, I don't know what he did. Like, but maybe but, he had a routine of some sorts. Yeah. But let me get to the plot hole. Okay. Yeah. In the movie, um, he if he is the one that's standing outside. How did he? How does he get inside the house, and dry, and perfectly quaffed when Helen gets there? Yeah, yeah, that's true. Um, and again, because it's a, such a old school plot twist movie kind of thing, like they—that's stuff where they didn't really probably worry okay. about thinking. Right. About so it. there's that one. Yeah. And then, um, if that was also the case. How did he get into these women's homes? That I don't know, but I think the answer to the previous question about how he was dry is because he went in through his 
Batman uh, secret basement uh, entrance where it was totally windy and it just dried him off as he went in. <laughs> like, 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 an air, like an air tunnel, yeah. <laughs> and he came in and he was like, um, perfectly dry. Yeah, well, there there was a lot. Like, I know that this movie was remade and I haven't seen the remake. Really? Yeah. Every movie. It's like a 2005. Is there a movie that hasn't been remade? A classic movie. I I, probably every movie in one shape or form or another has always been remade. Bro, they redid the Fresh Prince of Bel Air. Like they're out of ideas. You know what else I saw recently? That I think they're going to do a like a Friday prequel, but um, Cube's not even involved. It, it it's something that that's uh, devastating. Yeah, he's not. He's it, 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 he posted about it on Twitter or some shit. Like, what the fuck? I'm not even. Nobody even talked the, to me the, about this. Well, I have my thoughts of Ice Cube at the moment, but the the problem with doing that, like for okay, my problem with doing that is when you have beloved characters like Craig and Smokey, you know, when you have those already developed characters, not just. Not just across the, the 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 sequels, but just Friday for the classic that it is. You already have this idea of who Craig is. Mm-hmm. You already have this idea of who Smokey is, yeah. right? And if you create a prequel, you force your own ideas of who these two characters are onto people who've already made them into this character who they already love yeah and so you risk damaging the franchise yeah and the people that are going to be playing craig and Smokey are i forgot one of them is some uh, it's two guys who are well one of them i think is some sort of a comedian the other one might be a rapper or something like that but they're they're definitely not the people you want to be doing it's sort of like how high too and they made that little yachty was <laughs> i didn't see how high <laughs> I neither did i but <laughs> why would i but that, that's a problem that, that's a that's a problem the, the 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 beautiful thing about friday was that it was in a real neighborhood my neighborhood like i literally walked down walked down those streets right it it was in my neighborhood it was characters that were genuine and of that time, mm-hmm. you yeah. know. Um, I don't. Yeah, I, I'm not gonna watch. Well, anyway, that. we're we're uh, going off on a tangent of remakes. Anyway, but if they did remake this movie, though, if they did remake this movie in a in a true horror art uh, pathway, okay, the um. We would see all of this gore and and slashies and nastiness. Yeah, it would we, be more. Yeah, but this one was horror detailed, but it was artistic. Mm-hmm. You know, it um it was all implied. You but but you felt the unease. Like even if it was a nineteen forty six movie, and it definitely looks like a nineteen forty six movie. The the um. The requirement for practical effects, which would have dated it, was non-existent because everything was done with shadows, you know, just the darkness, the the tongue-in-cheek humor. Like when when um, Mrs. Oates uh, sneaks away the brandy. The brandy bottle, yeah. Brilliant. Yeah. Whoops, I dropped the candle and... Yeah. <laughs> but, you know... Uh... We obviously find out that he knew about it and was leading it along. Was playing but along. What, what yeah. if, uh, you know, and always, always, 
when those type of uh, scenarios are built up, there's always like a what if or what if something something didn't happen this way or that way or whatever. Um, and there was, I don't know, there was something in the moment of the movie and I, it's not coming to me right now, but I did feel like there was one of those things like, oh, well, what, how did he, how would he have known that that person would have done this so that that reaction or that would have caused this well, effect? There are a lot of what ifs. There's what if, um, let's see, what if the, the, uh, Mrs. Oates, what if she didn't drink all of the brandy? Right, yeah, that's yeah. my point, yeah. What if uh, Blanche hadn't decided to, like, run away from the house that night? Mm-hmm. You know, what if the doctor hadn't come around? You know, what if uh, what if Helen hadn't locked Stephen in the wine cellar? What if Helen just decided to talk again? What if Helen... Because <laughs> she overheard them, the two of them, you know, with talking and not that she would have figured out who was killing who but there was you know she was obviously eavesdropping on their conversation or whatever Um, yeah well she wasn't eavesdropping she was clearing the table and she just happened to hear that but um then anyway it was i think it was a great movie i think it was like just i thought it was i thought it still captured me even it being a 1946 movie. Well, let's talk about the name of the movie because I don't think that, like, well, you, as you mentioned earlier, it's derived from a book that has a different name. But the spiral staircase, like, what does it have to do with the movie? I mean, the only time we actually see the spiralness of the spiral staircase is in the is in the scene, the chase scene, when um, there's a cat and mouse game going on between Helen. And the professor, who she now knows, is the killer. You know, there's, there's. That's the only time we see it. Yeah, and my point and it is, it doesn't play much of a role in yeah, the movie. Right. That's that's what I'm saying. It, it it's um nobody gets murdered on the spiral case, staircase. Nobody really falls down it or anything. Well, well, he he, <laughs> he does get murdered and falls down the spiral staircase. Oh. <laughs> so Mrs. Warren knows. That something's up, right? So she tells Helen, get out of the house, get out of the house tonight. Something's going on. And she thinks the bad guy is her son. Because this guy, the professor, only starts doing bad shit when Stephen is in town. Yeah. And Mrs. Warren tells Helen at one point that there was a girl that was killed a long time ago. In a well or something In a like well. That? Yeah. And um, she must have thought it was her son Mm -hmm. yeah um but it turns out that was the professor right and so at one point helen is running up the stairs she's about to get got and mrs warren comes to the top of the stairs with a gun with a gun and she (laughs) shoots her stepson yeah the professor multiple times and we in the earlier on the movie when she's talking about her ex, her her ex her her husband her, her husband <laughs> her dead ha- husband her dead husband she didn't divorce him um he he said that his first wife was prettier but Mrs. Warren was a better shot yeah yeah <laughs> so that means she definitely hit him and uh-huh. and she shot him multiple times continuously because she unloaded the fucking gun yeah. on him. It wasn't like bang, you're dead. She's like bang, 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 bang. And bang. in the stomach, doesn't it take forever to die with a stomach yeah. wound? And isn't it excruciating? Probably. And it's if she to was be, a good shot, she was definitely she did that intentionally. intentionally. Yeah. She's like, <laughs> she's like I never suffer. fucking yeah. liked you. 
<laughs> but we did also have, as an audience, uh, reason to think that it could have also been Steven, because we find out that he's a little bit of a like a. a well, he's a liar. Know. Well, he's he, a liar, but he's also kind of got like a, a, a domination kink. You know, he's like, I like it when girls cry and shit like that. <laughs> yeah, he's. He could have just been a white man in the forties, like. <laughs> But I think for even then, that was a little open. That was almost a little, I, w- I would say. If- I don't think so because I, I don't think so. I, I disagree because I think men were more open about how abusive they were because it wasn't considered abusive. It was called being tough. So it was a wave then. You're saying like it kind of died out over the course of like the 70s, 80s, 90s and then kind of like came back and then went away kind I, of thing. I don't, I don't think so. I think. The reason why there's so much misogyny now is because it's consistently getting better for women as opposed to staying uh, staying trapped under the thumb of men. So if you think about it, there's... Uh, there's so much more misogyny now or less? There's more men... Oh, so how do you say? There's a lot of men that are... Vo- I'm not saying there's more misogyny. The people who are misogynistic are the loud ones okay right i think you yeah i accidentally um, said the wrong thing there well first i think time. they're the loud ones i think it's getting better for well if, sorry if i did but i think it's as it's increasingly getting better for women the men who are misogynistic are getting louder because they're seeing that their quote power is dissipating sure. you know so um I don't think it's a wave. I don't think it's a circle. I think it's just an upward trajectory of improvements, even though we are currently stumbling with, you know, anti-abortion laws and bans on abortion and all this fucking shit. That's absolutely fucking stupid. I guess. But part of me is feeling like the, you know, um, well, certain eras that we grew up in, we know that there were more um, uptight kind of uh religious uh minded people that were kind of you know not yeah wanting to have like sexual expression or things so this to me for a guy talking about kinky stuff and wanting to see women cry in a in a 1940s film which is based in 1901 or whatever you you know said um it to me seems like whoa that's a little over the top but i i guess you're right if back then if they thought it was a normal thing it wasn't over the top yet maybe it became over the top after like the 60s or after so after somebody said hey how about we don't make women cry on purpose <laughs> yeah but to be fair there's also up time and place for all there's many people who actually probably enjoy both sides of that Everything is fine. I'm. I do not kink shame as long as it's all consensual. consensual. Right. You know, do what you want to do. If you want to wear a diaper and get slapped at the same time, fucking do it. As long as it's fucking consensual, I'm a fuck. <laughs> but um. But I, that whole point of that was to say that you know it did make us want to think that well, okay, Stephen could be yeah. somebody because mm-hmm. he wants to see women yeah. cry. Yeah. And be tortured yeah. or whatever. It's not, but it, for me, it was less about what he said and more about what he did. He kept invading Blanche's personal space. Every time she said no, he said yes or else. Yeah. You know, but, that's, that's, that's what I got out of it. Um, yeah, he said that and that was fucking crazy for us today. Um, 
But like you just mentioned, that was sort of also the norm then. Yeah. You know? Like you beat your wife at that yeah. time. You, like you, pow, uh, right in the kisser was a joke. <laughs> yeah. Right? That was a joke that was told on television every episode. Yes. Yeah. And I think that um, the, the like what you're talking about, not leaving him alone and just kind of whatever, that also was a part of courtship in a sense. And I, I know it sounds bad that that's the way things were but it sort of was like i think that that's how a man found a woman who's like you're the one i'm gonna follow you home i'm gonna talk to you i'm gonna do you say no i'm gonna show up just like the last movie uh we did for sunday episode he's like i'm gonna be here at eight she goes no a hard no and he's like i'm still gonna show up you know and i think that was part of the culture of how you were supposed to as not saying it's right but that's how it was yeah that's what the that's a that's precisely what the but the warren boys mm-hmm. talk about that the dad didn't love them because they were not about shoot them up and hunting and stuff. yeah they were quote unquote prissy because they didn't want to shoot shit right you know yeah um but the way that they're okay so they were more into strangulation they were more <laughs> <laughs> auto erotic asphyxiation not kink shaming just Make sure your belt is consenting. <laughs> um, but just like right now, you know why there's all these, all this repression, like, how do I say this? You know how right now there's all these um, states trying to change what teachers can teach about critical race theory and the actual history and all that stuff and and it's, it's being suppressed and voting rights are being suppressed. Um, it's because every generation is learning from what they've experienced and trying to do better. And the generation right now that will be in voting age in the next, you know, five years or so, um, are the ones that are, uh, they're not scared. They're not, um, they're not scared of the establishment. They're actively rising against them. You know, my children are part of that generation. They're probably not as vocal. They're not as vocal, absolutely not as vocal as as me. And they're not as vocal as other children in their generation, but they have those same values. They were raised by me, who was raised by, you know, a but like my mom was super conservative, whatever, but I was raised around so many just liberal, like hippie dippy, like just people in my entire life um and they who helped form who i am i helped form my children and that just how it keeps going right sure so right now um the kids that are going to be of that age are the ones that are going to make the change right sure that's exactly the same as this it's holy shit, beat your wife because otherwise she's not, she's not going to be your wife anymore. And then every, and then every gen, well, of course, not every person, but the generationally, it's like, oh, I don't want to live that. I don't want to do that. I don't want to be that. And it just kept improving and improving and improving. And now somebody raised their hands to me, they're not going to have a hand no more. Yeah. Well, another example in this uh, situation sort of that you're talking about, but uh, that's in the movie, but like 
different um, in a sense is the way that uh, people used to live back then. Like the Warren family was a wealthy family that had people who worked for them. Like that's mm-hmm. not like normal middle. Mm-hmm. Like, there was yeah. a nurse that was only there to sit outside. Yeah. There was. And she was rudely maid. talked to and looked mm-hmm. down upon. And every, and that's what I'm saying. It's like we don't. I mean, yeah, the rich, really rich people probably in the hills and all that got people to work for them. But it's still it's not the same because n- nobody's like bound to a household and has like you know well uh, like my mom's a domestic like she's a live-in nanny right and yeah. she's always lived i mean she's always been a nanny this is the first time she's only live in nanny now i think because of the pandemic but um there are tons of people with help like that but I think even what I'm, to this day, that's true. But it's not. Uh, well, I guess you're right. Maybe there's a family that she's worked for that both my sister and I also have worked for at the same time because they require that much assistance. Yeah, I just feel like that the norm, um, you know, well, I guess what I was trying to do is say that, you know, society in general back then was different because it was more common for people to have uh people who worked for them in the house who either stayed or lived with them and that's not necessarily a very common thing unless you're of kind of of the upper class um yeah and i think that's okay so i I think i get what you're saying it's also the same kind of quote improvement or upward trajectory right right yeah yeah yeah. well you got to remember these are um there's generational wealth right so previous wealthy people had you know, had full on staff and then as the as generations, um, prog- as the generations kept coming, technology also kept improving and it doesn't have to mean electronics, but flushing toilets, that means you don't need somebody to dump your shit out the window anymore. You can flush it, you know, stuff like that happening, making households easier to run as they were, as the technology of the household was progressing, you needed fewer people to maintain a household. Like if we look at the house at the spiral staircase, they needed somebody on a daily basis to light a fuck ton of candles all the way around the house. Yeah, that's what, uh, that was just a part of life back then, you know? I mean, there was no electricity, obviously. It was somebody's job every day to light those candles before it got dark. And I even thought about that, too, when you were like, there's a candle right there. Why doesn't she just take that one? Because that, was that probably, one was like an oil lamp. Like, but, why didn't she take that? Because of, it was probably for the hallway. Because and if it was she, a conducive to the forward moment. That, and also probably, probably if you took that, then the hallway would be dark. And then, you know, like, yeah. it's... Something like yeah. that, I think, you know? Yeah, but so there's less domestic help as technology is better, as the houses require less functionality, less functionality, less people to maintain a proper household. Yeah. Yeah. So what was the I deal? Want a candle lighter. What was the deal <laughs> with the. So I, I am not 100% sure on what the whole point of the ether was. Like, I, they were like, oh, get the get brandy. The, the brandy. When there's oh, yeah. no brandy, get the ether so brandy i know is an alcohol or whatever and so the what the alcohol was going to wake them up because of the smell well, or? so the um the mrs warren kept having like fainting spells yeah. and they used the ether kind of like a smelling salt they said that it was a stimulant and it was okay in small doses but it was like a smelling salt you know how you crack open and and you wave it and it like snaps them out of whatever. Yeah, sure. That's sure. what that was supposed so to be. So does alcohol do the same thing then? No Is that fucking what? clue. Um, but what what I thought was very telling of the time was they put the ether 
and they didn't put it on her face. They put it on a cloth. They put it on a like they put on a cloth, and the cloth was not on their face. It was oh. like distance. And I watch a lot of like forensic shit, and um, a lot of movies put like chloroform, for example, and then right on, on and the then face, right on the face. But then that would burn the skin. What um. What's the real use for ether nowadays? Mm-hmm. Is there one? The only, I, the only thing that I remember about uh, ether is the scene in uh, Fear and Loathing when they take the ether and they go into uh, is the one they they go back into the hotel I think where the cops are. are. Do you remember this scene I'm talking about? No. Fear and Loathing in Las Vegas. No. No, <laughs> no, I'm wrong, or no, you don't remember the movie. No. <laughs> <laughs> Okay. I, I don't remember the movie. Oh, well, there's a, obviously there's lots of drugs they do in that movie, and one of which is ether. And they get stupid, and their body's like out of it. They can't even walk from like the car to the front of the hotel room um, because of the ether. Well, it's supposed, like, I guess it's, um, can, it's like used for like anesthesia. Mm, yeah. Like numbing. I just it was interesting also that it's right there in the in the uh, cabinet cabinet you know <laughs> oh I'm not feeling well quick grab grab me the crack yeah right <laughs> and then so what what did uh the professor Warren or whatever his name is he went and then took it out of there well after he also were... emptied all the brandy oh right because there's no brandy upstairs oh, right. there, there was no yeah. brandy in the kitchen there was no brandy anywhere he had to go downstairs to so, get brandy and he specifically asked mrs oates to go with him so was he trying to like make sure that his mom was just knocked out or would she have gone into like a coma or like died or something if they didn't wake her up like well he wasn't part of waking her up he, no but my point I is think if he was he trying re- to get mr oates out of the house oh so that's that was the whole point of him taking the ether was so that there was a reason for to have send mr oates to go yeah, get and it. I'm wondering if he was also trying to kill the mom because she was also not his mom. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, but um, because she she specifically she specifically wanted doc, uh, Mr. Perry, uh, Doctor Perry, to be her doctor, and he said no. He sent him away initially. Now, so when he got called, he didn't know that he got called. He didn't know that no, the, that right. Dr. Perry had gotten called. Yeah. And also and so he was wasn't like, trying to step on the other doctor's toes. Correct. But they called him specifically. Mm-hmm. Um anyway, I think it's uh, I think it's a great movie. I really enjoyed it. Yeah, I saw that I you hadn't enjoyed ever it. I've seen lot. it before. I really liked it. I like whodunits. I yeah. love like baby jello. <laughs> yeah, well, this is the reason why we're doing these Sunday episodes to kind of focus more on some of these classics, which Again, was when we started this podcast was one of the things that I had said. I had never seen hardly any of these classics. And even like we were talking about last episode, like I haven't seen any Hitchcock movies. I haven't, you know, I haven't I think we'll really do Psycho seen a lot week. of these. So um, I like the movie from, you know, a certain angle. It wasn't super exciting. It wasn't like the one of the greatest movies I've ever seen. Um, I thought it was a cool little twist to it, uh, even though it was a little... You know, going back watching it a second time, you're gonna be like, "Oh wow, this was very obvious." But um, it, like you said, it was almost so obvious that we overlooked it, thinking there was something deeper. Um, but all in all, not a bad movie. Yeah, no, I like I said I thoroughly enjoyed it. Yeah, 
was a good, it was a good surprise. Yeah, that's cool. Because when we randomized the list, I was like, uh, should we just do it again? Because I'm like, spiral staircase that doesn't even sound good. Well, at first you were like, that can't even be a Sunday episode. And I was like, it says it's made in 1946. (laughs) (laughs) I was like, what? How is that not a classic? (laughs) I think we're going to define the classics as like everything from, well, I guess, honestly, mostly the 60s and before. Mm -hmm. Because you can't, you know, some of the classic movies like The Birds or whatever are, or Psycho are from the 60s, you know? Yeah. So that's a good idea. Let's do 1970 plus. Yeah, seventies and up is our like regular episodes, real deal like episodes, deep, and thorough. And uh, well, we might get deep and thorough on a Sunday episode. I mean, we yeah. haven't done Dracula yet. I'm sure you'd want to, you know, get deep and thorough on that one, right? <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna go elbow deep in that fucker. <laughs> <laughs> Oof, that's a tough one. <laughs> no Vaseline, Ice Cube said. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> uh. That must have been a '90s thing. Anybody ever use Vaseline anymore? I don't know. I was a child was that in even, the '90s. Was, <laughs> <laughs> was that even like really a thing? Like I don't know. I don't know, but that's one thing I wouldn't want a raw dog. What with Vaseline? I don't get what you just said. You wouldn't want a raw dog. What with? Because raw dog means no Vaseline what you're saying right i wouldn't want to raw dog correct right but i'm saying does vaseline actually do the trick it doesn't smell that great either does it it seems very like like it would be sticky i just i've never had experience with vaseline (laughs) it's it's funny because it does you know it was like a thing like it was like vaseline (laughs) yeah i'm just happy when somebody doesn't spit on it and with that thanks for coming by check out what we're doing visit us at icecreampodcast.com or you can find us on social media at ice cream parlor the podcast <laughs>